1: Well, we fought for this record. I think I was in, I was inspired by going on YouTube and seeing well, not just YouTube, but I knew I had the footage too. anyway, since I'm a footage collector and also a fan of the Stones. And it was uh the first time that Mick Jagger and the Stones performed this record, and it was in it right after Brian Jones' death in 1969, and they were in Hyde Park, which is in the middle of London. And I I see the footage and and Mick. Mick Jagger, Mick Taylor, who co-wrote the record, Charlie Watts, and also Keith Richards, I mean, they made this joint funky. Now, you could tell also that that this was like one of the first times they're filling this record out, which is usually when you're checking out a band and they're performing a record for the first time. They're really funking it out because the spaces, are, they got unsure spaces. And when I heard this, I was like, yo, I want to cover that. I knew the honky tonk woman as a record, but the, the the performance that they did of this when the record was fresh and new was totally different, especially in the hook, than um than the the in, that the record ended up, you know, with uh, more like a sing songy vocal, or whatever. So I I told Gary about the funkiness and the beat, and he came back with a beat which was more like a run D, run DMC ish joint, which I I really dug. And I built upon that and and made honky talk woman, which was basically about, you know, some hookers in, in, in New Orleans and Brazil. I made it about the damn law. <laughs> you know, honky talk rules. It's like I'm tired of one sided laws. And, you know, and just recently just the whole Confederate flag thing is like, okay, you know, you got you, you got the nerve to jail people under this flag. It's just like you know, people on another side of of this coin is like saying this has been so de- derogatory that we've taken the talk. But I'm just tired of you trying to back up that flag with the same old talk, honky talk rules. Yeah, and I fought for that record because initially, when we wanted to clear it, we were totally rejected by our publisher, by you know their publisher. So I reached out to the Stones. And I also reached out to Bernard Fowler, and a tri- tripped-up thing. Um, Bernard Fowler, when I actually did a, a Rolling Stones tribute in Cleveland in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a year ago, I met Bernard Fowler and Sarah Dash and and uh, Mary Clayton and um, you know Bobby Keys, who's passed on, and, and Ian McC- you know I mean, guys, uh, actually was the Rolling Stones band that played on Sticky Fingers and all. that. I did a tribute, and I met those those people and I kept in touch with um Bernard Fowler first I reached out to Marshall Chess who used to run the Rolling Stones record label and Marshall says I'm not in contact with them anymore but you know here's a person who's Keith Richards manager maybe you can touch with her I wrote her and then I wrote Bernard and Bernard said hey by the way you know we're down in there LA getting ready to you know rehearse for a tour come on down I was like yeah so me and Gary went on down to the rehearsal spot, the place that we've also rehearsed before, down in uh, Burbank. And there they were. <laughs> it was Charlie Watts, Mick Jagger, uh, Keith Richards, and, and um, Ron Wood, uh, Bernard Fowler and Lisa Fisher singing, and just their crew. And that was it. <laughs> and, and me and Gary. So we're like looking at the Rolling Stones' four-hour performance. Four while before, just like four hours rehearsing. I mean, like Mick Jagger laying out the baby powder and doing the Mick Jan dance and Charlie Watts playing beats and then looking over at, at me and I'm looking behind me like, who's he Man, he's pointing at me? It's like, yo, it was mind-blowing. And then uh, in talking to uh, Keith's uh, manager, they was like, well, we don't own the publishing. You know, Abco, which is Alan Klein, owned it up to from, you know, the 60s all the way up to 1969. So you know you had to go through them, and we first tried to reach out through them. We had the blessings of the Stones as 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 yeah, hell yeah, yo, go for it, yeah, you know. But then we had to get the publishing clearance, and initially we were rejected because they had a whole other thing in their mind. They thought we were going to come across to them like maybe P Diddy or somebody, and have like 18 different publishers on there, and they don't want their records like touched like that. They're like, we don't, nah, man, it's like you take it as it is and you give us 100%. We were like, we you know, we ain't got a problem with that. We'll add on but you you guys own the copyright. And when they found out that that we intended to, you know, not invade their copyright, they were like, you know, all good. You know, like I said we we wanted to have that record real bad. It's a, and we performed it initially in London at the end of June and it went over pretty big. It's a, it's a different it's a different vibe, man. And well, once again, it's got that that beat that that g wiz put to it, and um, and lyrics. I think that are very clear. Yeah, it it, it was a, it totally was an experience to to go the nine yards to try to get to put smack dab in the middle of this album. It's also not on the vinyl because we didn't know whether we were going to get it or not, and there was no way to actually make another version. That it was either going to be a cover interpolation or it was not going to exist at all.